Chapter Two of From Bangkok to Bombay, Siam, French Indochina, Burma, and Hindustan by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. In Bangkok, some fifteen hundred miles off the beaten path of travel around the world, and twenty-five miles up a mighty river from the South China Sea, I sit writing these lines all about me are scenes so different from those surrounding my readers at home that the latter scarcely seem to me real it is december is it possible that in my home city of washington people are muffled to the ears in furs as they fight against the sharp winds sweeping down pennsylvania avenue while i here in bangkok with doors and windows wide open find the lightest of white linen clothing oppressive it makes me perspire just to think of the overcoats and thick underwear being worn on the other side of the globe and the siamese costume of three yards of cotton material appeals to me more and more the click of my typewriter mingles with the songs of hundreds of birds of splendid plumage now and then the perfumes of myriads of flowers drift in blended it is true with other scents not so delightful but just as characteristic of this Siamese capital. The Minam River is lined with coconut palms, and boats flit in and out of watery jungles where monkeys chatter in the branches of the trees. I wish I could give you a picture of our sail up the Minam to Bangkok. This is the largest river in Siam, and the natives call it the mother of all waters. From its mouth in the Gulf of Siam, an arm of the South China Sea, we wound and twisted our way through a low flat country to bangkok at frequent intervals along the banks were clusters of floating houses anchored to piles and half hidden by palm trees here and there were canals branching off into the jungle and lined with huts built of bamboo their sides and roofs thatched with palm leaves some of the huts stood on piles high above the water but more often they floated on its surface being moored to poles driven into the bed of the river so they might rise and fall with the tide. The huts looked not unlike two large dog kennels fastened together and covered with palm leaves. Here and there, through an opening in the palm trees, I caught glimpses of a country as flat as the surface of the river itself, with ploughed fields as black as my boots. The only beasts upon it were ugly water buffaloes. There were no fences, no barns, only the thatched houses on piles as we neared bangkok the stream was alive with craft of all kinds naked brown youngsters paddled long canoes not over two feet wide in which the least shifting of the balance would upset the rowers there were women wearing great straw hats which looked like inverted work baskets sitting bare-legged and bare-breasted in their boats smart motor launches went putt-putting along as if they were shouldering aside the more primitive craft and snorting with contempt as they did so. And once landed in the streets of Bangkok, what a city of contrasts I found it. Palaces and hovels side by side, straight, wide, tree-shaded boulevards set with substantial houses and evil-smelling canals lined with tumble-down huts perched on piles or floating on bamboo rafts. The honk of the automobile and the clang of the trolley car mingling with the cry of the rickshaw coolie and the shouts of the driver of the horse-drawn gary fine hotels luxuriously appointed with native food stands at their very doors 
everywhere i go in this capital i am surprised by the modern character of a city that is at the same time so strange and picturesque bangkok has one of the finest race courses in the east there are several clubs among them the united club which is open to all nationalities there are banks well-equipped hospitals and up-to-date hotels managed by europeans among the best of the hostelries is the royal which is run by a neapolitan woman she leases this white marble castle from the king who got it in satisfaction of an unpaid claim on its bankrupt owner's estate but royalty already had more palaces than it needed so this one was turned over to the italian woman to manage as a hotel for the rest of her life she is charged only a nominal rent but must cater for important court functions to her has been awarded the highest decoration the king can bestow that of the order of the white elephant the busiest thoroughfare is the new road which stretches away from the royal palace to the southeast not so many years ago this was a winding elephant track along the river now it is a broad modern avenue lined for some three miles with shops department stores and other business buildings and traversed by electric street cars following each other at intervals of only a few minutes here too one sees bullock carts native omnibuses gin rickshaws and motors the people are even more varied than the vehicles one may see japanese chinese javanese koreans burmese afghans klings malays cambodians siamese all the various elements that go to make up this cosmopolitan city of seven thousand souls now and then through the midst of these orientals each of whom still clings for the most part to his native costume strides a britisher or an american or a frenchman dressed in the whites of the tropics there are only about one thousand europeans and americans in bangkok but they are an important part of the population for king rama the sixth an oxford man and the first asiatic ruler educated in western schools encourages the introduction of occidental civilization new road is intersected at right angles by numerous streets leading to the river two of the most beautiful are the biandai road and the raja damaran road or king's walk on the latter the branches of tamarisk trees meet over the avenue leading to the hill on which is one of the finest of the many buddhist temples of bangkok the wat sa ket the center of the city is the royal palace which rises on a bend of the river its outer walls enclose an immense area though the space occupied by the palace and its garden is comparatively small inside the walls are the foreign office the treasury the ministry of the interior and other departments as well as the royal library the barracks and a splendid buddhist temple surrounding the palace on the land side is the city proper which was once girdled by a massive wall most of which has now been pulled down next to the palace is a big open grassy place fringed with trees this is the premain formerly used for cremations of the royal dead but now the scene of military drills kite flying contests and cricket and football matches from the premain to the northeast runs a wide boulevard of three carriageways separated from each other by lines of trees and bordered by shady footpaths this road leads to the private residence of the king at dusit park 
all through bangkok are canals or klongs as they are called bridged over at frequent intervals and crossed by modern highways lined with trees and electric lights once they were the main lines of communication between different parts of the city and they are still alive with traffic on one of them is the cold storage plant all the way along it from the cold storage anchorage which is a sort of times square of bangkok out to the river this klong is full of trading and pleasure craft coal barges motor launches and boats loaded with poultry and all sorts of produce crowd the waterway native merchants sell fans to the occupants of passing boats while traveling cooks in mere cockle shells dispense hot soup or rice from pots on little charcoal stoves along comes the postman with his bag of mail in the bottom of his boat to be distributed to families dwelling on the banks or in the floating houses in the river in the main stream are anchored vessels flying the flags of many nations ships taking on loads of teak for europe or america big rice boats bringing the harvest to the bangkok mills rafts of teak logs and priests boats paddled by pupils of the temple schools along the wharves are the fine offices of the european traders and the standard oil depot is visible amid clustering betel nut trees i find that the canals are responsible for two features of bangkok the croaking of numerous frogs and a variety of bad smells some of the klongs have drainage systems as modern as any to be found in europe or america but for the most part they are like so many open sewers and depend upon the tides to flush them out twice a day at low tide the boats that line many of them are embedded in the mud whole families live and die on their boats and when the tide is out the rubbish they have thrown overboard year after year lies exposed to view on the mud bottoms of the canals yet the people do not at least taking their baths in this refuse laden water indeed a daily bath is a part of their religion and moreover the heat makes it a necessity the siamese wash clothes and body all at once the chief garment of the native dress is the panung worn by both men and women and not removed when they take a dip in the river or the canals it consists of a strip of cotton or silk three yards long and one yard wide which is wound about the waist and hangs over the hips the ends are brought between the legs and tucked in at the back of the waist giving the garment a sort of trousers effect the men complete this costume with a coat or bright scarf while the women wear jackets or bodices sometimes elaborately embroidered and stuck full of jeweled ornaments i am told that among the wealthy siamese it is customary to wear a different color on each day of the week red for sunday yellow for monday and so on through a seven-day scale of colors few of either sex wear shoes or stockings in the evening one sees the natives bathing everywhere the girls step down into the water in their penungs and sport about like mermaids the men bathe in the same way the bathers also delight in standing or sitting on the platforms or floats in front of their houses and pouring buckets of water over themselves i watched a siamese maiden after she had had her bath today. she stood a minute to let the water run off then slipping another cloth loosely around her waist she let the wet garment fall and wrung it out to be dried for the next wearing the river is the playground of the children of bangkok 
they are veritable water rats and even the smallest seem to be able to take care of themselves children of the poorer classes under ten wear no clothing but nearly every one of them has some gold or silver jewelry upon his naked body most of them wear anklets and bracelets as well as necklaces of gold or silver the boy wears around his waist a string of charms of silver and jewels while the girl has about her body a string from the center of which a silver or gold heart depends on like a miniature fig-leaf apron when the mother carries her baby girl this metal heart which is about the size of the bottom of a tumbler has to be thrust aside for here in siam as in most oriental countries the native woman carries her naked infant astride her hip the children of the better classes those of the princes and nobles often wear bands of woven gold and silver about the waist yesterday as i patted the head of the son of one of the city officials i noted over his waistcloth of bright green silk a heavy silver belt of woven links it was at least an inch wide and of the most beautiful workmanship the siamese children seem to be quite as happy as though they had trousers jackets and underwear and the music of childish voices is as sweet here as on the waters of the minam as it is anywhere in the world the head of every siamese child is shaved except for a kind of topknot on the crown among the upper classes this scalp lock is well cared for it is tied into a knot fastened with a gold pin and is sometimes wreathed with flowers between the ages of eleven and thirteen the lock is cut with great ceremony and thus announcement is made that the boy has entered upon his young manhood and that the girl is ready for matrimony relatives and friends assemble bringing gifts of jewelry and money which are put aside as a wedding fund or dowry in the case of a prince the celebration lasts for several days everybody in siam smokes men women and children the favorite place for carrying cigars and cigarettes is behind the ear just as our american grocery clerks carry their pencils yesterday i saw a naked boy of four smoking a cigarette he was puffing away lustily at the one in his mouth and he had two others yet unlit one behind each ear he apparently enjoyed his tobacco and smoked and spit and spit and smoked as though it were an everyday matter as i doubt not it was his brown-skinned father stood beside him and when he started away he picked up the still smoking youngster set him astride his hip and walked off the siamese are not negroes they are not chinese they are not whites and yet they have some points of resemblance to the people of all these races their eyes are shaped like half almonds the lids look like buttonholes spread wide apart and out of the holes shine the blackest of lustrous black eyes their rich olive-brown skins turn almost black under the hot sun and their high cheekbones mark them as tinged with the blood of the mongolians their lips are much thicker and their noses much flatter than ours their hair is as black as the wings of the crows that fly by the thousands over their city both men and women wear it cut short all around the head though the king's preference for long-haired women is affecting the style among the ladies of the court a siamese woman is not as a rule a person of great beauty though she is rather pretty while in her teens the plump young girls i see every day sculling their boats on the water look attractive 
they have straight well-rounded bodies and are wonderfully supple their short black hair above their roguish dark eyes gives them a rakish boyish appearance they are a good-natured lot but their smiles and laughter are likely to spoil any illusion one may have about them like the rest of the nation old and young they almost invariably have teeth stained black and tongues dyed violet from chewing the betel nut the betel nut is a product of a variety of the areca palm it looks not unlike a green walnut and has a spongy kernel with a bitter taste the people chew little pellets of the powdered nut mixed with lime and rolled in pieces of betel leaf the habit ruins the teeth and drives the gums almost down to the roots from the mouth comes a disgusting trickle of blood-red saliva the siamese laugh at our objection to black teeth any dog say they can have white teeth the women of siam are old at thirty-five after that with their lean scraggy necks and arms their bare legs and busts their short white hair rising brush-like above their wrinkled foreheads and their cracked dirty red lips bordering black and half toothless gums they are the worst specimens of womankind i have yet seen the old men are not much better to look at for they have the same dried-up features and their bodies all skin and muscle seem more like skeletons wrapped in brown parchment than anything else the younger men are more attractive but have not as fine figures as the maidens as a rule the girls seem to be the workers of siam even they however do not overexert themselves the housework in a siamese home is light and the family wants are few and easily satisfied clothes are washed without soap or starch and are never ironed the people eat only two meals a day living on a diet that is mostly rice and vegetables with the occasional addition of fish meat is seldom eaten because the buddhist faith frowns upon the killing of animals food is cooked over coals in a box filled with earth or ashes the chief utensils being a rice pot a kettle and a frying pan many of the eatables are bought cooked rice forms the bread of the country and the siamese knows nothing of the after joys of the underdone american pie crust or boston baked beans these siamese girls never learn how to make cake or pudding they have no roasts and no soups when they eat the family squat on the floor around a little table not more than a foot high on which is the common dish there are no individual plates and no knives forks or spoons the men as lords of the household get the first choice the women taking what is left in eating rice the siamese puts his whole hand into the steaming kettle rolling the mass into a hard ball between his fingers crowds it into his beetle-stained mouth i visited one of the big markets of bangkok yesterday it consisted of a great low shed filled with platforms about a foot high and twenty feet square through the centre of each platform was a pillar which helped support the roof of the shed and there were four women to every platform each with her wares spread out upon palm leaves before her the merchants squatted with their backs against the pillars and their bare legs crossed each had a beetle box and some cigarettes beside her and they either chewed or smoked all the time their wares were little piles of onions pieces of cabbages and other vegetables the quantities were not measured except by the eye and in place of paper the purchaser wrapped up his food in green palm leaves and fastened it with a little wooden skewer 
the size of a toothpick. End of chapter 2